Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. They don't get no better than that, man. Cook throws the deep ball and it's wide open. Inside the 30, Lovett makes a move. They'll stretch the field to the wide side. Here's Burden, the elusive freshman. Stays on his feet. He will take it to the end zone. What a drive for Missouri. This is the Mazzotcast. Well, howdy, Tiger fans, and uh, I'm happy to be back. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, Dum Dums? It was strange not being with you guys last weekend, Colin. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I thought it was one of the uh, one of the worst shows we'd had in a long, long time. But uh, you guys trotted along as best you could. Really, because I got a lot of positive feedback. Oh, is that right? No, and actually no one said anything to me about it. Yeah, nobody missed me either. I uh, didn't get many uh, messages of uh, sorrow. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Mizzou football. Hottest team in the country after a big win over New Mexico State, 45-14. to Is there anything that you take away from a game that we were supposed to win and then we ultimately did win? Well, um, yeah, I'll tell you what I did, liked about this game is that we took care of business. You know, uh, Mizzou is not a team that has always traditionally um, taken care of business against the teams they're supposed to take care of business against. And so when you route a team that you're supposed to route, you know, that shouldn't be that big a feather in your cap. But as a Mizzou fan, pretty happy about it. 45 points for Missouri. Clearly their best offensive point total of the season. Probably their weakest opponent. I'd say we've played all year long, but uh, 45 points is 45 points. And I think it leads us to the obvious talk, Colin, which is that Drinkwitz has been having some assistance the last couple of games with his play calling. I don't know if you've been hearing those rumors or not. But uh, that yeah, couple, he immediately downplayed that. <laughs> that couple in his, in his press conference. Yeah, that coupled with with the knowledge that his assistant pool is going to be large enough to accommodate a new offensive coordinator next year with his restructured contract. The rumor mills have been flying. What exactly did Drinkwood say? I didn't watch this post game. Did he, how did he throw cold water on that? I saw a quote from Dave Matter as press conference, basically saying that, "Well, that's overblown." Like. 
uh, the play calling really hasn't changed much. It's still just a, it's still a group effort with through the offensive coaching staff, blah, 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 basically stealing the thunder of whoever that guy was that they were giving credit to. But I, I think the play calling has been better the last couple of games. And I think that's why the question's being asked, like, Hey, the offense seems to be moving a little better, even with Brady cook under center. What's happening? What's changed? And somebody's like, Oh, they let somebody else have a, have a hand on the wheel for the play calling and uh drink when press starts to notice. And then drink was just like, mm-hmm. well, it's not that it's not what you think. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Typical drink was fashion. Don't get excited fans. I'm yeah, not doing what you know. want me to do. Well, I, I just felt like he didn't want anybody to get too much credit. You know, that wasn't him <laughs> or maybe or just makes him look bad. You know, like, Oh, I handed the, I handed the, the keys of the office to somebody else and it started running better. Oh, <laughs> hold on. I didn't mean that. I meant, uh, I didn't hand the keys over and it's all a joint effort. Everybody deserves credit, including myself. Yeah, that's, that's right. I, I don't know what you take away from a game like this. I mean, for me, it was one, I was hoping we would take care of business. As you mentioned that we did. But I also, I think we all were hoping to see more of, we got to see our first taste of Sam Horn uh, behind center. He got one possession, and uh, I think he was, his official stat line was 0 for 2. It discounted a, a very nice pass he made to Merritt Bannister that was taken back because of an illegal receiver downfield. But it was like just a brief little taste of Sam Horn, and then he was immediately yanked so that we could put seven-year senior Jack Abraham back in the game so he could get his senior moment. And Colin, I don't know if you've heard this, and maybe our listeners could scream from the rooftops and tell me why. I mean, my entire life, senior day has always been the final home game of the season. So it's your last chance to play as a senior. Thus, we celebrate you. You get the rock. Everybody cheers. You get a little flowers. Your mom cries. That's the deal. For whatever reason, this year, we decided that Arkansas game, which is our final game of the season, uh, would not be senior day. It would be New Mexico State. I don't know if that's something to do with we wanted to get the seniors in and we thought we didn't want to play those guys against Arkansas or what. But I don't ever remember senior day not being the final. It just felt like it was a fake senior night. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I guess we need to get Jack Abraham in. Also, we could play him next week. Well, I think senior night, senior days, like for from a fan aspect or – a big zero anyway. Who cares? I mean, there's the only seniors you care about are the ones that play all the time. <laughs> uh, I mean, I remember at Drinkwitz's press conference, he's running down the list of seniors and what they plan to do next and blah, blah, blah. And I couldn't help myself thinking, well, I don't care about any of this, <laughs> especially for the people I've never heard of. Cause there's lots of seniors that never touch the field, which is part of the reason I was so upset with Jack Abraham. Like, Jack Abraham has been playing football for 35 years. His senior day is every day for him because he's actually a senior citizen. (laughs) So the fact that we needed to make sure we get him in the game uh, instead of more reps for Sam Horn. I mean, ultimately, if you're Drinkwitz, it doesn't make any sense to play Jack Abraham, who in no way will affect your team, good or bad, next year. But you know who will? Sam Horn. I I said on the podcast last uh, week that you had had texted me, you know, Drinkwitz is dumb. He's a stupid person. I just think he's a stupid fucking person or some, something to that effect. And it's hard to argue when he makes decisions like this. And it's hard not to feel like he's trolling the fan base when he finally puts Sam Horn in and then immediately yanks him. I'm like, is, is this guy intentionally trying to fucking stick his thumb in her eye? Like, what is going on right now? Well, and, you know, when I complained about the fact that Sam Horn got basically two minutes of action – People were like, well, we had to put Abraham in because it's senior night. You had to put Abraham in because it's senior night. And that's, that's fine. That's fine. Get Abraham in because it's senior night. But 
I just want to reiterate that the score of the game was 45 to 14. Why start so fucking late? You know what I mean? Like, why don't we start this stuff at the beginning of the second half? How, how massively of a lead do we need to feel safe? You know, ultimately, Sam Horn had a pretty mundane few snaps. It resulted in three points. I mean, we got a field goal out of it. It was successful. We act like Sam Horn is incapable of receiving a snap or handing off a football or doing some of the most basic moves a football player needs to make as a quarterback. And it's like, okay, is he going to be really good or is he not even capable of receiving a snap? Like, what are we doing here? And this isn't about Sam Horn playing every snap or him not playing at all. Get him in the game early in the second half. Take him out. Give him two or three possessions. What's the harm? I just don't understand. Um, it becomes all or nothing on Twitter. Everything on Twitter becomes like, if you're for one thing, you hate everything else. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is very simple. Football, you can easily bring people in and out, in and out. It's really part of the game. We can bring Sam Horn in for more than two minutes in a season. For all of Drinkwitz's uh, faults and all of his problems this season, you know, I have been on the Drinkwitz train. But I think um, the fact that he put Sam Horn in for one series and then yanked him for Jack Abraham was probably as aggravating to me as anything he's done. We have a um, Zodcast crew text group fans. It's just me and Caleb the Twink and Caleb the Greek and Brendan. And uh, this is what happens uh, <laughs> when, when that happens in the game. Let me read you just a couple of responses in the text chain here. Uh, Brendan, Drinkwitz is an asshole. <laughs> Caleb the Twink, I personally hate him. So just so you guys have an idea of where our heads are at uh, when this is going on in, in real time. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm way over the top with the Drinkwitz stuff in the text group, which I you know, always assume won't be read on air. Um, but I do believe that. Like, I... <laughs> I don't, I don't have, I've told you time and again, I don't have faith in Drinkwitz. And when people say, well, if Drinkwitz says he's the cook is the best guy for the job, we just got to take him at his word. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm not taking the guy at his word. He's shown me nothing to believe that he knows what's best for the team. I, I mean, I am a hundred percent on with what you've said time after time, which is the guy can recruit. And that's so important in college football. I'm going to stick with him. I get that. I will take the recruiting, but from a wins and loss standpoint, from a play calling standpoint, from just a basic decision making standpoint, three years of playing the wrong quarterback and learning it after the fact. I mean, I do have questions about Drinkwitz's mental capacity, you know, it, as, as a head coach. And I, look, I'm not saying he can't change my mind, but he's yet to do it. He's yet to do it. Arkansas is coming up. It's going to be the big game of the season. We hoped it wouldn't come to this, but yet here we are where this will determine whether we have a 500 season that will sneak us into the worst bowl possible we can imagine or not. Arkansas coming off a huge win over Ole Miss. The thing that scares me the most about Arkansas, which is a deeply flawed team, is that they can score tons of points and we can't. So our defense was devastated by Tennessee a couple of weeks ago. So I, I don't know what this team is capable of, what they will do against Arkansas, but I know it's tough to keep Arkansas off the scoreboard, and uh, that doesn't spell good things for us. So, I, you know, the, the the actual New Mexico State game itself, I think people there are a segment of people, at least on social media, that are like, man, the Mazzotcast is getting negative. All they do is complain and whine about the state of things, and maybe there's some truth to that. You know, we I certainly feel like we've done a lot of complaining, but it's also a season where we've been really bad. So. We're not going to sing everybody's praises when we're really bad. You know, we're going to be, 
we're a five win team right now. And uh, so there's a lot to complain about, but they're like, Hey, we just beat a team by 30 points. Like quit bitching. And I'm like, we did beat a team by 30 points, but it was New Mexico state. And we were supposed to win this game. It, you know, it's one of those bloodletting games. How excited am I supposed to be about that? You know, it, I'm still upset about the decision-making about the most important position on the field. So it, it, does that make us negative? I don't know, but I'm not satisfied. Like, why should anybody be satisfied with this? You know, there's an article in the Missourian column this week about like five Twitter accounts, people that, that love this. And it's fine. It was just a little puff piece, but it's all these guys. And, you know, we follow them. They follow us, the people in this, in this uh, article, but it's all people who blow smoke constantly, you know, like, uh, Sideshow Bob. Is it? Yeah. He's a good guy, but all he, I mean, <coughs> Buffalo Bill, bu- Buffalo Bill, <laughs> uh, a good guy, nice guy, loves the Tigers. But it's hard to take his opinion seriously when he never sees a, a rain cloud. You know what I mean? Everything's positive all the time. And I, I guess you could say Dan, this. Was it Dan Flory or? Is, yeah, he was that on one, your team. That one of them? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's, I don't think he's Johnny Pollyann all the time. I like him. Okay, I, well, I like maybe not everybody in the article, but, uh, you know. Well, get your shit together, I guess, is what I'm saying, Brendan. God, just gluffing all these poor people in Buffalo Bob. <laughs> Buffalo Bob is the one who's positive. And murdering nurses. He does all those things. And I don't think he, you know, I'm not saying he's wrong about stuff. I'm just saying that he is, like I said, never sees a rain cloud. And maybe we are always in the dumps. Maybe we're Eeyore. But I don't think that's the case. I think we've done this show a lot of years when we've been good. And we've had a lot of good things to say about the team. But when we're bad, we're going to say the team's bad. And so it's made us grumpy this year. I, I mean, it's I'm as grumpy this year as I've been, and even if it's not our worst season since we've been doing the show, Drinkwitz just makes you frustrated because of his decisions and because, like you've said, this is the lost season. We've had so many wins on the table, in the cards, and we've had victory pulled out from underneath us so many times. It's hard not to be frustrated, and it's hard not to take it out on the head coach who's made this all possible. Drinkwitz makes it harder. It makes it more frustrating. You know, you mentioned you know that we've had worse seasons, what have you. I think part of the reason Drinkwitz has the tools to make it better and refuses to. That's what makes it more frustrating. Like when we're dealing with the Maddie Mock situation, I'm like, well, what do you want to do? What's your answer for that situation? You don't really have one, mm-hmm. but you've got an answer for the Brady Cook situation. You just refuse to to do it. You do anything, anything remotely about it. So that's what makes it particularly frustrating for this team. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's the fact that he's not, doesn't seemingly not trying anything different. You know, it's just the same thing over and over and over. And that's the frustrating part because it's just like, well, try something. At what point does it hurt to try? The other thing, Colin, I I think there was a uh, tweet that you put out there. (laughs) Tyler Macon's mom, not happy. Yep. Sending out Tyler Macon's negative message. Mad online. Mad online. Saying that uh, promises were made and he's not getting a chance to play and blah, blah, blah. The question for me is not uh, Tyler Macon being upset and will he transfer or won't he? The question for me is like, why did he stay on the team at all this year? You know what I mean? Like yeah. last year, he got no reps behind Connor Basilek. Th- this year, he didn't win the starting job over Brady Cook and no one's made any indication that he was going to play ever. You know, he's bottom of the list as far as Drinkwitz does not want to play Tyler Macon. So why is he, I mean, he's stuck around this year, I guess. Good for him. But like, why be upset now? What did you think was going to happen this year that, I mean, there's no indication that he was going to be playing more. Well, I, I can certainly understand. I mean, imagine you are Tyler Megan's mom. You think my son is good at football. 
And he came here because they said he had an opportunity to play football. So now you're watching the football team and it's being quarterbacked by Brady Cook. And you're going, hey, my son's at least that good. And who can blame her? Okay, my son's not that great as it uh, pertains to Division One college football. But neither is this guy. Well, and like I think probably the frustration this week against New Mexico State is that Abraham did get in the game. Sam Horn got in the game. You know, Tyler Macon was sort of the odd man out there. But, you know, it's no loss because he's not playing anyway. And all indications were he's not very good. And if he's not able to jump Cook in the lineup, he probably isn't very good. Nobody thinks he's the quarterback of the future. So it looks like he's going to be gone. That's fine. You know, people come and go in this transfer portal era. Yeah, I certainly don't think any Mizzou fan is going to hold any ill will to to Tyler Macon for for taking his, you know, talent someplace else. I mean, he's not getting an opportunity here. Um, Whether we don't, I guess we don't truly know whether he deserves that opportunity, but he's certainly not getting it. Yeah. Um, I was shocked when neither him or Cook left last offseason. That's what I'm saying. I I thought that was the biggest surprise. I just I can't believe that they both were stuck around. Um, it, I'm sure that given the circumstances of the offseason, uh, Baselak leaving and Drinkwitz on a huge quarterback hunt, he was probably like, please, guys, you can stick around. Don't, don't go anywhere um, because he needed them as a safety net. Well, and Cook probably and, clearly saw an uh, avenue to him being the starter because that's what's happened. He's like, hey, ever Baselak's gone. Um, why not me? And maybe, you know, when Cook sees Jack Abraham as the one guy who would bite on Drinkwitz's transfer offer, she thought, yeah, I can beat this guy, you know? Yeah. Well, I think there probably is some truth to the the Johnny Tigers um, routine they always do with um, Cook and that, you know, he was a he grew up a Tigers fan. He always wanted to play for Mizzou. True son. And that, prob- that probably kept him around more than it probably should have. If he's, uh, but you know, Brady Cook's got no room to complain at this point. He's been our starter all season. You know, he's gotten his opportunity at Mizzou, mm-hmm. um, an opportunity that many, myself included, don't feel like he should have. But here we are. He was uh, nineteen for twenty-seven, two hundred and fifty-one yards for three touchdown passes uh, against New Mexico State. You know, he's got receivers who are very talented, and against competition like this. Uh, with the offensive line holding up better against him, a uh, position like this, Brady Cook is going to look better, and he did. Um, he's serviceable in this regard, but just when any sort of pressure comes or there's any sort of playmaking required, he's going to disappear on you. But he didn't. None of that was necessary. He also ran for 71 yards. He's not without his skill set, but it's the term everyone's used all year long: limited. Yes, he's very. Limited. We also saw some other freshmen, uh, Traverish Jones, the running back. Who did not get as many snaps as I thought because the announcers mentioned at the beginning of the game, like, yeah, Traverish Jones is going to get some action today. I was like, really? Okay. Finally. And I was like, if, yeah, and if the announcers are saying it, that means Drinkowitz told them that in the production meeting, which means it's likely to actually happen. And he barely saw the field. Yep. Four carries for 12 yards, longest for 11. Looks big, looks good. Would have been nice to see more of him this year. I think personally, but uh, I think guys like uh, speaking of the transfer portal, I don't think I don't think we're going to see any more of Elijah Young. This is two years in, and he's not seeing the field at all. Yeah, and again, not sure what Drinkwitz has seen in practice, but nothing Elijah Young is doing in the games makes me think we can't have this guy on the field. He's not really lighting the world up either, but he's not really making mistakes. He's not doing anything that 
you know, his runs look identical to Cody Schrader's. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're both gaining three yards per carry. It also seems like Drinkwitz is completely done with Nathaniel Pete at this point because um, he had some runs. No, he had he two had carries runs. for three yards. Schrader's his guy. You know, I, I don't think we're going to see any more Michael Cox. I don't think we're going to see any more Elijah Young. I think those guys are going to be chasing greener pastures next year because they're just not getting any tick. They are sure not. Luther Burden had another couple of touchdown receptions. So Barrett Bannister was probably the big receiver, though, for the day with 91 yards. It was just simply a yeah. get-right game. You know what I mean? It was just a get-right game in preparation for Arkansas. You know, Cook and Bannister do seem to have built a rapport, which is nice. Uh-huh. Um, it's nice that we've I decided think- that we can throw to him when it's not just third down. Yeah, yeah. And they do throw to him like on third down, too. But mm-hmm. I just it's, – it's hard for me to get too high or low on any of this because it always makes me think, if he's having this kind of season with Brady Cook, <laughs> you know, what does it look like if you have anybody else? Yeah. And I think that's why you call it, you know, or why we call it the lost season is because this isn't a bad football team. You know, as Mizzou fans, we've seen bad football teams. Yeah. We've seen teams that lack any perceivable talent. This is not that team. No. This team is a talented team that's had opportunities within the Southeastern Conference to make some noise. And they haven't. And that is not a result of talent. The noise they have made is a wet fart. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I'll tell you this, Colin. I have never seen Faroe Field look so empty. And, you know, the, the fans have come back this year. They've been doing their part. 28 degrees this weekend, uh, playing a not that exciting opponent at a conference. At the time, a four-win football team was Mizzou. Not many people going to head to Columbia for an uh, evening game in that environment. And, I mean, just driving by, you know, like you mentioned on the show last week, got a boy at home. We got a boy in the NICU at the hospital. We were driving back from the hospital during the middle of the game. And, I, I mean, there's more people that were in the stands during the spring scrimmage, the black and gold game, than we're at that New Mexico State game. It was a ghost town. Uh, it looked like it on television. But I – Again, you're paying a nobody, and you know it's Thanksgiving, so all the students are heading home. And I know that supposedly is not supposed to happen until this week, but it's that's not true. Everybody knows that's not the case. Yeah, yeah, no. And so, um, you know, the the students are you know by the se- last Saturday, the students were already heading back to the, heading back to the homestead, mm-hmm. which is another head scratcher. I mean, senior night in front of the worst crowd of the year. I guess I don't even know how to wrap this up, Colin, because Missouri played. You know, to the best of their capabilities this year, Drink was, oh, I think it's the most complete game we played all year. Well, no shit. You played New Mexico State. You know, it ought to be. It ought to be. We saw very little of what the future holds because Drinkwitz's strange personnel decisions continue. And we head to Arkansas or against Arkansas, them coming here on Friday night. It's just coming off of that Tennessee shellacking. It's not just I don't have confidence. I'm just kind of my Mizzou football balloon has been deflated prematurely, you know? I, I feel myself. Suffering from Rock M Nation syndrome too, where like, hey, look at this! There, there's a basketball team over here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yes, aren't they, aren't they fancy looking? Yeah, what with their long athletes who dunk basketballs. That's right, and score points. Hmm. Hmm. Well, and I think you're right to do, so, to change the page. You know what I mean? We got one football game left. Things could go well, but uh, I don't think it's something anybody can bank on. And then we've got well, a, obviously everybody knows I'll be watching. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'm still invested, but it, it's going to take something special to maybe give a damn. I hope they maybe give a damn, but I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen all, you know, I know 
Brady Cook's going to continue to play no matter how badly his performance is because it doesn't matter. He can play. As, he's the only guy on the team that can play as bad as he wants and have no risk of being taken out of the game. Yeah. So that, you know, <laughs> that, that removes an element of suspense because I know I'm not going to get to see anybody else play. Our offense is going to sputter. The only reason you're watching at this point is to see if the defense will show up enough to keep them in the game. So that's not that's not a great recipe when you're trying to get people to watch your game. No, it's not, but it's the situation we find ourselves in now. So, Colin, why don't we take our first break, come back, we'll have some voicemails for you. Look around the horn at the SEC because a lot of other exciting games did take place over the weekend. And as always, we'll have Kansas news for you. This is the Mazzotcast. Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. are back. You heard our opinions about this New Mexico State victory. Let's hear what the listeners had to say. It's time for the old mailbag. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Alright, it's 1.30, so the game isn't for five hours, but if we don't see Sam Horn today, it just proves the drink is an incompetent football coach. Sure, he can recruit, but you've seen it all season. The decision-making, the play-calling, it's been hot garbage. Hot garbage. You've got to let us see the shiny Corvette in the garage to see what we have. So tell me how it did, guys. Hoping it's going to happen. Tell me it did. Kind of. Isn't that the worst? The answer we're giving you is kind (laughs) of. God. Just so, just so. <laughs> Drinkwitz can steal the fun out of anything. Yeah, he sure can. I'll tell you what, Sam Horn, in the short time he was out there, he looked more like a quarterback than Brady Cook did. I mean. Well, uh, yeah, I like the people who are like, he's not physically ready. Haven't you heard? And he <laughs> steps out there. He's three times bigger than the quarterback we just took out. Statue like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's definitely not physically ready. <sighs> I tell you what, I feel bad for them boys from New Mexico because it's colder than a witch's tit in a brass bra in the middle of December, but it's the middle of November. It's been a wild day in uh, college football so far, and I just hope that we aren't a part of it. I hope we're on the good side of it. Uh, MIT. Nothing exciting happened in Columbia, rest assured. What the fuck are these helmets? Like, this is the third time (laughs) we've worn stupid-ass helmets. Dumbass uniforms. Like the game hasn't even started, and I'm already pissed. <laughs> Can we just this is the most Mizzou call auto. Yeah, with the tiger logo or the block M, and then yellow pants, white jersey, or yellow pants, white jersey. I'm tired of this bullshit. We look like a fucking high school JV team. We're going like shit. The game hasn't even started. We have like fucking coming on. Dumbass uniforms, and I'm sure we'll win tonight. M I Z, all that shit, but. Fuck this shit. We look like a fucking pussies out there. 
<laughs> this guy is pissed about the uniform. Yeah, and I'll tell you, Colin, uniform talk sometimes gets hot. And hot uniform talk. Certainly on social media. Insert yeah. drop here. Red hot uniform talk. <laughs> uniform talk. Yeah, and I'll tell you this. I don't ever get super exercised about uniforms. I have my opinions. I have uniform combinations I like better than others. But honestly, for the most part, I don't give a shit. I know the the script Tiger Helmet has taken a lot of abuse. Kind of quietly, I secretly kind of like the script helmet. I feel like I'm going to take a lot of abuse for saying that. The yellow, the, the bumblebee yellow colored uniforms, I don't know. It's a little Pittsburgh Steeler for my taste rather than the gold that is Mizzou. Um, yeah, make them gold. That's all I'm saying. I don't, it's not that I don't like the full yellow tops, but they're supposed to be gold tops. <laughs> and that is very yellow. And it looks, it's sort of a, do you want peak Mizzou uniform color combo logo? You want that? You want 80s, yeah. early 90s, maybe. But the 80s had it figured out. And some point in the 90s, everybody decided that clip art was their friend. And now and everybody, logos just took a huge beating and then and now we're stuck in some sort of middle ground where some people are retro and other people have gone like super the other futuristic way yeah well it's like are we playing a um a minor league baseball team tonight what is that logo you know it's just like a full-on cartoon of a, a duck holding a laser beam you know what i mean <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> who, are, who are these guys yeah that nobody's asked us to use oliver sadwell for the helmets but i think that would look good Maybe we should get working on that. I mean, I feel like we we have been a little derelict in our duties for the end of yeah. Oliver Sadwell use. I mean, we've created this alternative, alternative logo like War Eagle. Yeah, mascot. Uh, for Mizzou fans. And his name is Oliver Sadwell. And if you're not on Twitter, you haven't seen him. Or you may have seen him on Patreon if you're on Twitter. But I don't know. If, I don't, if you're not on Patreon or Twitter, I don't know how else for you to see him. But <laughs> he exists. Yeah. And we need to like get him out there, make some t-shirts, do something with him. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, the thing about the uniforms, Colin though, is that you're right. Some of them are retro. Some are super weird and like Seattle Seahawksy, Oregon ducks, futuristic colors and shapes. The thing about the uniforms now is the trend is to just change your uniform every fucking week. So I don't get too excited about a bad uniform combination because it's going to be different next week. You know, it's not that's like, true. It's not like we're picking our uniforms for the next decade. And you're right. Like it was like the late nineties. I blame Adobe illustrator came on the scene mm-hmm. and every fucking logo looked exactly the same. Mizzou's oval tiger looks <laughs> just like Jacksonville Jaguars looks just like the Carolina Panthers looks just like the Kansas state Wildcats. Every one of these schools decided they needed to make a animal of some sort looking forward in block colors, <laughs> three colors, because that's the, easy, the most affordable way to print them on a T-shirt, you know. And uh, they all look basically the same, and they all look rather blah. And that's what that's where our Oval Tiger came from. And we've been saddled with them for a long time, so I don't mind mixing it up a little bit, especially knowing that uh, next week will be fucking different. But yeah, it was. I would say it was a very polarizing uniform combination last night or on Saturday. I'm just glad we finally got around to hot uniform talk on this show. Red hot uniform talk. Yeah, it is. We have been avoiding it for some time. <laughs> yeah. But uh for my money, block M can't beat Block M. I don't care if it looks like Michigan. It does. Block M. Yeah. And you know what else I like, which I thought would be popular with other people, but isn't, I like the Paul Block M. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, I bought I bought a couple hats with the Paul Block M. And I'm just like, and people are like, Ugh. I'm like, 
What? Really? No, you don't like to Paul block him? I'm just uh, people's. I mean, I guess it's all subjective ultimately, but uh, it, it I'm is. a block in guy. It is totally subjective. I um, honestly, what I like most, I don't think we'll ever use it in the 60s. Mizzou didn't even have a logo. They did like what Alabama kind of does with their just the number on the side. I think it would look mm, derivative. I, love if, that. I do too, but I think if we tried to do it now, they'd be like, oh, Mizzou's just copying Alabama, even though well, we, we, the- we did it in the 50s and 60s and went away from it. Um, I think that's a good look, and uh, and it gets away from that issue that we have with the block in, which is most people outside of the state of Missouri think of the University of Michigan when they see that. Well, I here's what I'm saying for the block in though, not the big fat block in, the skinny block in. Oh yeah, kind of like how the how the skinny numbers look on the you know they look good on the helmet. Uh-huh. That's what you're alluding to. I, I'm with the skinny sort of retro black block in. I think that's the way to go, honestly. I like that. So, what, what I don't like, and I think, I mean, I like the old baseball M. That if you remember the old yeah. Missouri baseball Ooh, yeah. hats, I've got uh, it. I own that hat. Well, I own that hat. I think Colin and I are divided on this. Where the new baseball hat with the, with the new italicized block M from the Mizzou logo mm-hmm. is used on yep. a hat. I think that looks terrible. I think anytime you use an italic on its own, like as an initial, it's not how fonts were meant to be used. It looks fucking awful and, and off center and stupid. I know I'm probably in the minority, you know, and I'm an old curmudgeon when it comes to that stuff, but it is as, as somebody who went to school for graphic design, it's like getting kicked in the nuts to uh, see that as the, not a joke as a hat, but Colin likes it. Well, I mean, I do like it. I think it, I mean, it doesn't look bad as far as, you know, the writing and stuff goes, it doesn't look worse than our regular logo. Just the fucking oval tiger head. That's the fucking worst. Yeah. I hate our logo right now. I fucking hate it. Yeah. And, um, there's nothing you can do about it, but honestly, I, sometimes I think people who are younger than me have some sort of nostalgia for it because that's what they grew up with. Cause I remember talking trash on it on Twitter one time and getting a lot of pushback. I'm like, really? People like this? Yeah. I, um, like, I think it just looks so fucking cheap. It does. It looks clip art. It looks like Adobe Illustrator, late 90s, early 2000s. And it must be a nostalgia thing. And I mean, I have nostalgia stuff that I like too. I get that. But I own them all. I'll post a picture on Twitter. I've got all, you got, maybe get all my hats out right now. I'm looking (laughs) at all my Mizzou hats. And um, (laughs) going back to that baseball Italian, italicized hat, part of the reason I hate that is it's just not the way letters are supposed to be used. It reminds me of when you see people who put calligraphy letters on the back glass of their windshield and it's all capital letter calligraphy. It looks idiotic because calligraphy is a pretty old art form and it was never meant to be all caps. It just looks fucking dumb. And that's the way I feel about a single letter in italics and bold on a hat. But that being said, I also don't really give a fuck. Do whatever you want. I've got my opinions, but I'm not going to fucking go to the mats about it. Like some people do. If you're, if you're listening to the show right now, of our hot uniform logo talk. Red hot uniform talk. I'm going to take a picture of my hats. Yeah. And I want you to tell me what is, I mean, I, so you know what we're talking about. I've got, I own every one of the logos we're talking about. And I know what I like. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy though. We've got so many cho- choices here. I don't, I'm going to tell you. We got the sailor. This fucking Paul. Yeah. We, with the Paul with the M is, is my jam. I also have one of the Mizzou golf hats, a little sneaky, uh, Sneaky good hats for the golf team at Mizzou sometimes, just yeah. so you guys are – I mean, now nobody – when you go to the, the uh, Mizzou team stores and stuff, you don't think about the golf stuff. But the golf one uses the skinny M, and I love it. Brendan, you have this hat. I gave it to you for your birthday. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I like it. The skinny M. It is. It's good. Anyway, we'll throw the picture up, Twitter, Patreon, all those places. 
Yeah. And uh, you guys hadn't even gotten into the, my hat collection. The sailor tiger head, which we use on our logo. It's in the picture. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's, it's a bit fucked out probably because so many other schools use it, but whatever. I like, I'm a sucker for retro stuff. Well, and we, I, I was going to talk to you about this, Brendan. Why not have a conversation with you about it on the show? You know, I, I have drawn a tiger, a, a tiger logo that we could conceivably use for the Mazadcast. We have never done this because we like, because the tiger head that we use is cool. You know, it's, I think it's a universally beloved logo. Pretty I see it on t-shirts and hats and stuff all the time. Yeah. So it's popular. I mean, Nike is printing it regularly, so it must be selling. Right. But I always worried that as the show gained traction, that at some point we may catch some grief for having that tiger because right. it's, you know, some sort of licensed piece of artwork. Right. And so we can never really make logos with it, t-shirts, hats, any of that. We can't make Mazadcast swag and really use that logo right. without catching heat. And I just, should we consider our own, our own tiger logo so we can get swag? Would it be worth it to the listeners? Do they want Mazadcast swag? Well, yeah, it goes beyond just using the actual licensed logos. I think we talked to a t-shirt company that said, if you even just allude to the fact that you're talking about the Missouri Tigers, and you create your own art, they'll still come after you for bandwagoning off of their product. And so, like, I don't even know if making our own swag logo that is in no way incorporated into the team is even good enough. If they're still going to say, oh, we want a cut, boys. <laughs> if we sell enough t-shirts to make it worth their while. But no, I get it. I don't even think I you have to it. sell very many before they come at you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I just wanted, I would just like, it'd be nice to have a Mazadcast hat with our own tiger. Yeah. You know, eye patch, cigarette. Mm -hmm. um, sure. Doing its thing, doing its thing. I tell you what, for the Patreonos, I will, I will, we'll put the Colin Design Tiger logo for Mazadcast up so you guys can see what we're talking about. In no way affiliated with the University of Missouri Tiger football team. <laughs> yeah, that is in no way related. All right. Um, back to the voicemails. Hey, what's up, you fucking idiot? Uh, I see you're up 35-7 right now over the New Mexico State fighting chips and salsa. I just wanted to let you know that we're doing you and the rest of the SEC a favor tonight. We're kicking Tennessee right in the fucking ditch. Yes, Woo! you are. 42-31. Good guys with two minutes left in the third quarter. Hopefully, this shit will continue. It does. And we don't doo-doo down both legs and lose in the fourth quarter, which is, is it's totally likely, but, but yeah. Uh, if we don't do that, I'll be back in a minute. Oh, Carolina jackpot had him a night. Tennessee got He's fucking routed. He's the best night of his life. Yeah, I'm looking forward to his voicemails because it is going to get incoherent, and he deserves to celebrate. That was a surprising outcome, and a team that we whipped in South Carolina coming out and just destroying Tennessee, which just embarrassed us the night before or the weekend before. Karma. It was great karma. I'm in for Carolina jackpot and fall <laughs> Tennessee. Keep it going, South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, this might be the South Carolina Gamecock show after what they At did some to point, Tennessee. I feel like South or like uh, Carolina jackpot has become more popular than us. Sure, <laughs> you know, like our listeners are like, we're following Carolina jackpot now. You guys are how we discovered him. Yeah, yeah, but well, uh, he's more charming. Yeah, sure. I hate drinkwoods. <laughs> that's that's the call. One, can someone do a welfare check on Carolina Jackpot? <laughs> and two, is Tennessee back? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Tennessee's back. Thank you. Yeah, you were asking, is Tennessee back? Of course they are. Tennessee's back. 
Um, and yet, uh, we'll find out. I guarantee we hear from Caroline Jackpot before this is over. What the absolute fuck? You're going to let us see Sam Horn, then you're going to put fucking Jack Abraham back in? Are you fucking kidding me? This is bullshit. Well, Jack Abraham's a senior. A senior citizen. <laughs> Get on yeah. Fuck that. He's been a senior since 2004. How big a deal was it for him? Yeah, you know, he's got such a strong history of you know, being a Mizzou Tiger. He's done so much for this program, we owe it to him. <laughs> yeah. Mike the cop, formerly Mike from St. Louis. I haven't called into this show since we lost to Vanderbilt, but I need you to know that there's six minutes left in the fourth quarter and we haven't seen fucking Sam Horn. We've watched Jack Abraham piss away a drive, but still no Sam Horn. This is fucking hobo cum. Hobo cum. Hot dog water. Hot dog water. Anything you want to describe it as. Hey, boys, thanks for doing the show. Fuck goddamn Frankowitz. Give me Sam motherfucking Horn. <laughs> I think Sam Horn played before Abraham. I know. I was like, did, did he miss? Did he miss the only series for Sam Horn? <laughs> the one thing he I wanted think he to might see. I missed it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think you blinked. Sam Horn probably would have gotten another uh, possession had Missouri not had a pick six situation. That threw mm. off the game plan, but still, put him in earlier, Drink. Put him in earlier. I wait all season to see one player. We finally get that one player in the game, and my wife talks through the entire goddamn series. <laughs> like, I can't even, like, look at the TV because she's just... <laughs> fucking Dunkin' Donuts coffee! Holy shit! Oreos! And I'm just fucking, I'm not usually one of those boomer types that's like, oh, fuck my wife, but uh, she, but I'm a very happy, happily married man. <laughs> <laughs> great, great call. Uh, yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> man, we, man, we all been there, buddy. Hey, what's up, you fucking idiot? So, uh, hey, Phil. I'm riding in the passenger seat of my car. My wife driving me home from fucking deer camp. Goddamn, boys, I love fucking love whiskey. I got a new job, by the way. Uh, I went from a bull semen taste tester to bull semen extractor. That's pretty exciting. Hope we're going to go home and uh, practice making a fucking baby. I don't want to end up like Colin and fucking Brendan and have 18 little fucking kids running around. Yeah, I'm pretty fucking hammered. Uh, go Mizzou, go Sam Horn. You don't say. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> M-I-Z. Fuck you. Oh, and fuck Tennessee. <laughs> Bye, love you. <laughs> Some woman married Phil. I'm not, I'm not sure that's commentary as much as just Phil just checking in. Yeah, no didn't have much to say about the game. Just giving us a little life update, a little wellness check. Yeah, what's, yep. Drink with tears all season. Hey, put in this one player. He puts in that one player for one series and then takes him out immediately afterwards. God, this guy is a cunt. Fuck you, drink with. Why do you keep doing this shit? Are we, this is going to be a fucking every season thing where it's like, hey, let's put on another, another guy. Nope, not going to fucking do it. God, what a cunt. <laughs> Using it like the British do. Mm-hmm. I like it. What the fuck? Yep. Coach Drink is a high school football coach. Like, he plays the most deserving fucking player. Like, oh, <laughs> I love this. I love it. Jack Abraham. What? Fuck. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? I love this. It's so true. <laughs> so true. It's such a high school thing to do to be like, 
he practices hard. Mm-hmm. He gives us the best chance to win. Like He's got the biggest you, heart. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck you, man. We're trying to win a football game. He shows up to lift weights before everybody else at four in the morning. Who gives a shit? Yeah, the stud doesn't have to do that because you need him to play because he's awesome without that crap. Yeah. That guy doesn't want to do that stuff. Alan, he's doing it because he knows he has to. Alan Iverson doesn't show up to practice. Guys, I sent you uh, Here we a go. video of myself on Twitter in front of the uh, TV uh, in the living room towards the end of the South Carolina Tennessee game where I was uh, sipping uh, the, the, the Jim Bean apple whiskey. Uh, the light beer and all that good stuff, all them good alcoholic beverages, and we were uh, owning them, uh, slapping them in the face with our uh, purple lightnings and this and that. Uh, Tennessee's fucking fool's gold. Uh, they're, they're a garbage program, and I, I, I hope that you guys, let, let, let's convey this message to everybody else on <clears throat> the rest of the SEC during next week's show. Fuck them. I, 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 I wish that you guys <laughs> Could have stomped him in the dicks too. You didn't get a chance to, but hey, we did, and um, we took full advantage of it. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. This this has to be one of the best days of my life. <laughs> it has to be the best that you know, one of the days of my life that I, you know, you know discovered that I, I, you know, I actually I had a goober, or I don't know, one of the day I discovered there was beer, or that that cake existed. I don't know. Fuck. It's a great day. Fuck it. I mean, fuck. We beat the fucking ball. Fuck them. It was wonderful. Congratulations, Jackpot. You're drunk. He deserves it. South Carolina, what a weird team this year. Yeah, how do we beat them? I don't know. And then them do this. Like, I don't understand. Our defense is better. Our, yeah, um, none of it makes sense. Offense, I mean, our offense, at least when we played them, was better. Now, their offense was a hell of a lot better than I already did. But, I mean, how did Spencer Rattler do that? You know, how do you see play as badly as he has every time I've watched him play and then do that? I cannot wait for Carolina Jackpots voicemail this week. <laughs> I told you, Brendan. They played like second two fiddle. scoops of ass in Tennessee. <laughs> hey, we're all happy for you, Jackpot. It was a letdown on the horn front. He played well. I thought on the one drive, the penalty fucked him, but, you know, you got to see more than you saw. We didn't see it. And, you know, fuck you, Jack Abraham. Get lost. (laughs) I'm not blaming Jack Abraham for existing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, yeah, nobody wanted to see him. (laughs) Yeah, we get it. We get it. We're there. Hey, assholes. It's uh, Jameson from Branson. Hey. So it's the day after I've calmed down a little bit. I was pretty fucking pissed last night because it just – it feels personal at this point. You know, we're, we've been begging to see this kid all year, and then he puts him in for one drive, and then Yoink pulls him right out. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I I felt like a cunt last night because I was bitching about a blowout win, but he he has to know, like, he has to know that everyone's begging for this one kid to, to have some playing time. I mean, it's bad enough that even Rock M had a post about it last night complaining about, like, hey, what's the deal with, What's the deal with Horn's playing time? So I know I'm not just being a little whiny bitch like that TP22 Mizzou guy on Twitter that's always a miserable cunt. Okay, uh, here we go. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's mixed emotions. You know, it's cool that we're one win away from a bowl game, but at the same time, God, this is year three, and we're still just barely going to make a bowl game if we do at all. I mean, beating 
Arkansas is no guarantee. So I don't know. I'm, this is probably too long for you guys to even play the voicemail at all. But you know, it's whatever. Miz. Oh, I love the I love the shade going other Twitter accounts. <laughs> I know he's talking about you know, that guy is a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't know who it is. What we, oh, oh, he's just this guy. He's been a, he's a, he's been a troll for years. I think he's on the message boards and on Twitter and stuff. And the only thing he's one of those accounts where you look at his tweets and there aren't any. Only thing he does is tweet at people or reply to people and just shit on them. He just shitty all the time. But he follows us, so uh, you know, welcome to the pack. <laughs> well, I like him. Yeah, he's good guy. Great. Good guy. I mean, not at all. He, oh, I should put it this way. He used to be a piece of shit. I said he used to be a piece of shit. He's not anymore. Yeah. Until he starts following us. He's not a piece us. of shit anymore. He's not anymore. <laughs> slick back hair. You think this is slick back? This is pushed back. Lives for New Year's Eve. Live for New Year's Eve. Sloppy steak sets your funnies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Colin, why don't we roll right into some uh, more football news. It's time to go around the horn. Well, well, we break our bread at Waffle House. Our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. All right, Colin, and would you do the honors and fire up the Paul Finebot? Will do. Alabama, Alabama, Nick Saban, Alabama. All righty. Let's get right into it. Georgia, number one in the country, played Kentucky at Lexington. Kentucky's sort of reeling right now after its big win against Missouri. They've lost two straight, and uh, it was a close one, but Georgia pulled away 16-6 to in a low-scoring affair. Georgia now 11-0, and and uh, Kentucky kept it close, but still notches up yet another L. And then LSU, which has climbed to number six in the country, now at 9-2. and played I know. It just, just seems strange to me. I, did, I really didn't think they were that good a team this year. They just keep winning, you know, just winning and winning and winning. They started out with an ugly loss. Was it to Florida State? And I think we all thought they were probably crappy, but they seem to have turned things around a little bit. Good good for Brian Kelly. Uh, they had a bloodletting game. A UA, University of Alabama, Birmingham took it on the chin. 41-10 to 10 LSU. So that was another purchased victory. Uh, I think you're mean urethra apple blockage. It could be urethra apple blockage. Um, I don't know. I haven't done the research. Clearly, you've done your own research. <laughs> That's the only way to do research for nowadays. That's right. Yeah, sit on the toilet, read Google, call it research. Uh, Alabama did the same thing as LSU, paid money to get an easy victory. Austin P came to town 34 to nothing. Bama, nothing to see here. Mississippi State, same thing. Eastern Tennessee, 56 to 7. The uh, Bulldogs came away with the purchased victory. Texas A&M had a strange one against UMass, and as bad as Texas A&M is, UMass is so fucking terrible. Now, 1-10 on the year. 20-3 to was the win for Texas A&M. Only a 17-point win over one of the worst programs in Division One football. I want to say I saw a tweet, you know, and I pro- we should probably know this, but I saw a tweet that like 25 of their players or something like that were not dressing, like a shitload of them. Yeah, and there's already been a number of defections to the transfer portal or at least announced defections. Uh, there's chaos at Texas A&M. It's one of the biggest debacles in the history of college football. It uh, really is. Then we have Auburn. 
who played Western Kentucky, 41-17. Auburn wins this one to go to 5-6, and six, same record as Missouri. So that kind of does it for all of the blood donor games. And let's get into some interesting stuff. Vanderbilt played Florida, hosted Florida in Nashville, came away the victors 31-24. to 24. Honestly, it didn't even seem as close as this. Vanderbilt whooped Florida. Man, just look at the outcome of this game. You think, we let that Florida game get away. I can't believe we let the fucking Gators beat us when they're so shitty. And uh, good for good for Vandy. Yeah, Vandy continues to win. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm only rooting for them at this point because I don't perceive them as any kind of threat. <laughs> but good for them. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. A game that's important to Mizzou fans, Arkansas hosted number 14 in the country, Ole Miss. Ole Miss was 8-2 and two at that point, and Arkansas gave Ole Miss everything they wanted. 42-27 to 27 was the final score. Most of the damage was done by Arkansas in the first half, pouring on the points. And this is what scares me going into Friday's game, is that Arkansas has a good offense. I think our defense is strong, but our defense has to be perfect in order for us to win a game against a team that has a good offense because we don't generate points unless it's against the fighting chips and salsa, as Carolina Jackpot called New Mexico State. Chips. I don't know why that tickles me so much. Um, and then that gets us to Carolina Jackpot's game of the week. Game of the millennium. South Carolina hosted number five. Tennessee came in at nine and one. Carolina put up 63 points on Josh Heupel, that chinless piece of shit's team. 63 to 38. Carolina gets the win. Destroys any hopes that Tennessee might get that playoff berth. Fuck you, Tennessee. Oh, man. It was such a foregone conclusion, too, because Tennessee's last three games yeah. were Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. Yeah, just coast in there, and right? So, yeah, just – well, and really the question was is like how badly do does Tennessee need to beat these teams if it's going to help them in the playoff hunt? Yeah. I, you know, how, how bad do – how do – and so like last week when they scored 66 against us, I was like, makes sense. I see what they're trying to do here. You know, they hate Drinkwitz already, and they need to win with some style points to make sure they get into the playoffs. There is a – And they yeah. completely overlooked South Carolina. <laughs> they completely overlooked it. So that'll do it for the games that were last week. Let's look ahead to next week, which will be the final week of the regular season of college football, sadly, to announce. Sadly, start with the Egg Bowl. Mississippi State taking on Ole Miss. Ole Miss now eight and three. Mississippi State seven and four. This game's close every year, no matter which team's doing what. Uh, Ole Miss is a two and a half point favorite at home, but the, I don't know. They're they're not looking as sharp as they could. And of course, there's all these questions swirling about will Lane Kiffin go to Auburn as their next head coach? Tough call. Who you got in this one? Oh, uh, I think this is Ole Miss. Well, I don't know. Like I, I said, think they're a better team. I think they're going to be pissed off because they. Lost one, let one get away from them this week. I'm going to go Ole Miss too at home because it's home, home field advantage has to be a big deal in the Egg Bowl environment. I, if any news comes out about Lane Kiffin and Auburn as this week <laughs> goes on, I uh, could change my mind though. Yeah, no doubt about that. I saw that Lane Kiffin is actively um, out saying that that report is false right now, yeah. that he's going to be in. Auburn and so he's it's going to be so perfect when he does take the job on Friday <laughs> just that? like the report says you know what I mean like oh, he's yeah. bitching about it 
talking about a bunch of shit about it and it just turns out to be absolutely true. Sure. And this was what coaches do. They just lie to our faces. Politicians and coaches, the only people who can get away with it. Yep. Just chase a dollar bill, y'all. Uh, then we got Florida taking on Florida State, a Florida State team which has been resurgent as eight and three, number nineteen in the country. They are nine and a half point favorites over the Gators and playing in Florida State. So in Tallahassee, I think that Florida State's certainly going to win this game. I can see him covering that nine and a half too. As can I. Georgia's playing Georgia Tech. This is one that uh, it's not. It's a it's a laugher this year. Georgia's eleven and zero, number one in the country. Georgia Tech is five and six. Georgia is a thirty five and a half point favorite. For rivalry games, this one's not much of a rivalry. No, and I feel bad for states like Georgia that have a team like Georgia just to get kicked around by the big guy. I guess we have Missouri State, but I don't even – they're so lowly, I don't even count them as a Division no. One. They're not you know, a power five football. Team, yeah. yeah, so it's – but for teams like Georgia Tech, it's like, God, every year your rival just comes down and kicks the fuck out of you. It's certainly of late. Uh, interesting rivalry game for me, Colin, is South Carolina going to Clemson. Number nine, Clemson is 10 and one on the year. South Carolina is seven and four now. Coming off that massive win against Tennessee, you know, hopes are high, but probably a hangover possibility coming this way too. Clemson is a 14 and a half point favorite. So more, a three score favorite, unless you buy the hook. Oh, man. Uh, so I, I, I think that uh, – I don't know that South Carolina – the South Carolina I've seen, I don't think they can put it together two weeks in a row. Yeah, I every, feel like everything I know about Spencer Rattler says he's going to play the worst game of his life this week. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. Take Clemson. All right, Kentucky is playing Louisville, two teams that are very middling. It's in Lexington. Kentucky's a three-point favorite. Louisville, seven and four. Kentucky now six and five. I still would bet on Kentucky in this one. I tend to agree. Uh, they're looking for that win. They need, you know, they're, they're bowl eligible now, but putting the, getting that seventh win will be a feather in their Mark Stoops hat because that, you can get seven or eight wins. Mark Stoops can have that job forever. Yeah, he can. And if he's smart, he will. I get it. Everybody wants to go coach with the big boys, I suppose. But I think Mark Stoops figured out what Gary Pinkle figured out. And that is I can make a lot of money and get a lot of admiration as a college football coach in this town forever or I can go chase it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? I'll just stay here and get rich forever. Jimbo and Fisher says, I'm going to suck and chase it and get $96 million buyout. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Gary Pinkle never became you know, one of the biggest coaches you've ever heard of. He didn't go win a national championship at LSU. He didn't, you know, but so, yeah, he's not going to be remembered as one of the greatest coaches of all time. But he made a living, a great living, and he's still revered in this town. And I think Mark Stoops has done the same thing. He's like, man, Kentucky never asked anything of me, but just be competent. You know, don't embarrass them is basically the mantra of fucking Kentucky and Missouri sports te- football yeah, teams. That's all I ask. And <laughs> you know, what I mean, just don't fucking embarrass us, please. And Mark Stoops is a guarantee. I'm like, I can guarantee you, you'll never get embarrassed as long as I'm here. They're like, perfect. We will pay you forever. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to let you pay me forever. That sounds like a good deal for me. <laughs> sure. In case anybody wanted to know what Mark Stoops is thinking. And Auburn is going to Tuscaloosa play Alabama, now number eight in the country uh, for the Iron Bowl. Alabama's a 22-point favorite over Auburn. This is uh, it's going to be a laugher. Auburn's as bad as we've seen them since we've been in the SEC. And Bama's probably out for blood as their season is sort of tanking a little bit with those two losses. Do you really think Lane Kiffin can fix Auburn that quickly anyway? I just, I, I know it all turns around super quick now with recruits, but I'm just like, they look so bad. Auburn looks so bad. 
Yeah, I think he can turn it and around in one year. I do. He probably can. I know this. Alabama is going to fucking destroy them because they. I know for the fact that our, or Alabama has started to feel a little bit of a chippy, a little bit inferior. You know, like, hey, everybody thinks we suck now. And uh-oh, I think we might. And so they're just going to be like, hey, we're going to try. They're going to do a really try-hard job here. Hey, remind everybody, hey, we're we're Alabama. But not just to remind us that they're Alabama, to remind themselves. I feel like this is the first time in my memory that I look at Alabama and, and they don't look like a team full of swagger and confidence. And at his age, and, do you think Nick Saban is relishing the idea that people are asking the question whether he lost his fastball or not? Exactly. And so I feel like this very bad Auburn team is just going to get annihilated. What's the line? Bama's favored by 22. I'm not sure that's enough. What what do I know? I've (laughs) lost both my bets this week. You should be fired. I bet on Florida and I bet on Tennessee. And not only did Florida and uh, Tennessee not cover Britain, they both fucking lost. (laughs) Yes. Like just straight up lost. I'm like, I'm the worst gambler ever. (laughs) That's why you asked. It's Caleb the Greek and uh, Twink Caleb for advice and yeah. not me. Yeah, I'll ask anybody named Caleb over you. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting line for you as a gambler, Colin. LSU, like I said, number six in the country now, nine and two, is playing at Texas A&M, four and seven. LSU is a 10-point favorite in this one. Wow, that doesn't seem big enough. It doesn't seem big enough. Texas A&M is reeling, reeling. It is at home for the Aggies, but that hasn't mattered you so far. I would take that one. I don't think they're getting them near enough points. Then we've got Tennessee. I, I agree. I, I think you got to be bold, take LSU. Then we've got Tennessee playing Vanderbilt. Tennessee obviously coming off of their humiliating loss to South Carolina and Vanderbilt coming off of their glorious victory over the Florida Gators. I mean, I don't know. Vanderbilt loves beating Tennessee, but I don't think they can do it. <laughs> and I mean, there was a stretch there. I think didn't Vanderbilt win like four out of five years against Tennessee. I mean, good God, you know, Tennessee fans were miserable about that. But uh, Vanderbilt, they got their Super Bowl last weekend. I think you take you knock down the Florida Gators. And if you're a Mandy fan, you're happy. Um, sure, it would be great to knock Tennessee down too. But I think that's a tall order. So I'm going to go. Did you ahead see their? Did you see them rush the field? I did. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, but did you see the videos they've been showing where like the kids are like slowly and politely using the stairs to go down one at a time in single file? Like <laughs> yeah. people aren't like jumping the walls going berserk. They're just like slowly, you know, making their way in a calm, polite fashion down to the field. Yeah, I don't celebration. I don't think it's a it's a newsflash to say that the Vanderbilt kids get A's. They they're smart kids and they're <laughs> yeah. they're not just belligerent drunks like Tennessee fans. So they're going to act yeah. accordingly. Yeah, nobody's going to. Nobody's going to be chucking any goalposts in any rivers in uh, in Nashville. No, they're not. Uh, Tennessee is a 14-point favorite in this one. I'm going to go ahead and uh, pick the balls. Yeah, I uh, nothing make me happier than for them to lose two in a row, but uh, I, I'm on the balls. Then we've got the matchup we're all worried about, Arkansas coming to Missouri in Columbia on Friday, day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. Do you know what the line is? Do you want to take a guess? Have you seen it already? It was like five, wasn't it? Well, currently, Arkansas is favored by three points on the road. Oh, it moved since I saw it. Yeah. And uh, the over-under is 56. If I'm looking at this one, I'd say maybe take the under because Arkansas, like I said, they can score points. But Missouri's defense has been strong. And we all know that Missouri is incapable of scoring points. So I think the best look on this one is to take the under. <sighs> I mean, I feel compelled to take Mizzou. But I don't really think if I was putting money on I would. I think I'd maybe take Arkansas. Yeah. I mean, I know it. People get tired of hearing it's Brady Cook. I mean, I cannot bet on this team as long as we're going to run Brady Cook out there. I have no confidence we can win with Brady Cook. 
Um, and I know that's coming off a 30 point victory, but that's not real. Man, we, how are you going to score points? If you get down, how are you going to get a two minute drive together? These are fundamental things you have to have in a football team. You have to be able to move the football. You have to be able to run a two minute drill. You have to be able to throw inside the 10 yard line, which we're afraid to do. We'll not do right now. Yeah. I mean, that is, I don't know if people appreciate what a huge tell that is that a portion of your offense on a portion of the field is fucking off limits. Like you have so little confidence in your offense that you just completely shut off one spigot under these circumstances. And so I guess that's why it makes me so sick when I have to listen to or Drinkowitz tell me that Brady Cook gives us the best chance to win and he's the best option on this football team. Give me a fucking break. Inside the 10 yard line, you don't, you aren't, he's not allowed to pass. You're not allowed to say that shit about somebody that you literally take the ball out of his fucking hands when things get, get chintzy. I mean, it just, it defies logic. And so I see things like that. And so when I see those people online saying, hey, uh, we should just take Drinkowitz's word for it. I'm like, I am taking his word for it. He's telling me exactly what he thinks of this quarterback. Now, I understand that you're going to listen to the words coming out of his mouth in this press conference, but I'm watching what he's doing. And what he's doing is telling me that his quarterback is so bad and so erratic that he can't trust him to throw in the red zone. So I am listening to Drinkwitz. I'm, I'm, he's telling me exactly what he thinks of Brady Cook. And so, and that's why I'm telling you he sucks because I know Drinkwitz agrees with me. <sighs> All right. Well, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the, Tangent. That'll wrap it up for Around the Horn. So let's cover some important news outside of the SEC call. It's time for Kansas News. I was heard there were three kinds of sons in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story of the day. Three people get herpes after janitor puts penis in water bottles. That's insane. That is the best headline ever. <laughs> a janitor is accused of rubbing his penis inside water bottles while working at a family medical practice. Is believed to Good have Lord. given <laughs> believed to have given three people a sexually transmitted disease, according to court records. The now former janitor was caught after a woman who worked. In, I would hope so. <laughs> woman who worked in the office noticed her water bottle had a bad smell. Uh, oh Lord! Yeah, it smelled like dirty cock. <laughs> I don't. I know you don't like doing stories about murder or uh, violent child rape, and there's, that's basically all Kansas news is when we look for it. Yeah. But I, those stories are, almost feel less disturbing for some reason than this, it's, when she talks about her water bottle smelling. Smelling like dirty, stinky herpes <laughs> cock? Yeah, that's it. The woman identified by police told authorities she threw the bottle away, but then later found a yellow liquid in her new bottle of water. A urinalysis. God damn! <laughs> a urinalysis. Your analysis test confirmed urine in the water, according to a complaint filed in court on October 14th. The janitor was later caught on video twice putting his penis inside the water bottles. That's unfortunate. The entire mouth of the water bottle touched his penis while being recorded, police said, and the inside of the bottle surrounded his penis. So if you wanted details. Oh, you know, sometimes I get mad at Kansas News because they don't give us enough details. This fucking story is giving like a few too many. 
The woman told authorities she did not have an STD prior to the incident, but she has since tested positive for the same incurable and potentially fatal type of herpes that the suspect has. Well, I'm sure she'll get <laughs> I'm sure she'll get lots of restitution from that janitor yeah. in civil court. This <laughs> <Right, yeah. laughs> is the worst. You know what I mean? Like, oh man. Yeah, that's a bad day at work. <laughs> yeah, like I can't even sue this guy. I'm just stuck with herpes. It's stinky herpes. Man wearing an ankle monitor robs bank to prove a point to his girlfriend while marrying an while wearing an ankle monitor, a Kansas man robbed a bank because he wanted to prove a point after getting into a fight with his girlfriend, according to federal authorities. Investigators said the boyfriend used a highlighter to write a demand note on the back of his birth certificate. Give your money now. Don't say anything. I have a partner outside. Then handed it to a teller at a Bank of America branch. Michael Lloyd has pleaded guilty to one count of bank robbery, according to a November 17th release by the U.S. Attorney's Office. Lloyd's defense attorneys did not immediately respond to a request for comment. In a signed plea, Lloyd admitted to stealing from the bank. He said wearing a gray cutoff t-shirt with many of his tattoos visible, as well as blue gym shorts and one orange shoe. One orange shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. So I just put on a clown like wig or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Don't be identifiable. <laughs> yeah, no shit. After receiving one orange, one of your orange shoes on, Mitch. But to be fair, Colin, in Kansas, maybe he blended in best this way. That's true. He's like, I'm trying to be inconspicuous. After receiving the money, he left with the cash in a black Dodge Ram pickup truck. The department investigating the robbery said they received a call from someone who knew Lloyd and believed Lloyd might have been the one to rob the bank. The caller said he had been listening to a police scanner when he heard the description of the suspect in the getaway vehicle. I know that orange shoe. <laughs> The caller also provided police the location where Lloyd might be. Officers responded to, get this, his mobile park home um, and called residents out, according to a plea agreement. It took an hour for Lloyd to exit the home when he surrendered. The ankle monitor Lloyd was wearing was from a prior probation agreement and confirmed he was at the bank during the robbery. Lloyd admitted to robbing the bank in an interview with law enforcement investigators. He said he was unsure how much money he got away with because he was as he was driving away, he saw police cars with their lights activated heading towards the bank. This scared me, so he started throwing money out the window of his truck. Good night. Lloyd this guy's a genius, then. <laughs> he faces up to 20 years in prison. And then that takes us to our final Kansas news story. Of, yeah. I tell you what, I uh, he showed her. He really showed her. <laughs> he sure did. That guy's a hero. Uh, that takes us to our <laughs> final Kansas story of the day. The Kansas Jayhawks played the Texas Longhorns in Lawrence, and their dream season continues to spiral out of control. The uh, Longhorns beat the Jayhawks 55-14. to 14. That's a shame. Yeah, 6-5 and five now are the Jayhawks, and uh, it would be nice to have the same number of wins as Kansas after they started out red hot and we looked like dog shit, but uh, that's where we sit right now. Well, um, Kansas lost their quarterback, and I uh, and they, and things took a turn. Yeah, well, that breaks my heart for them. Yeah, that's a shame. It's a real shame. <laughs> I tell you what, I nothing could would make me happier than this coach that has breathed new life in their program immediately leaves for a better job. <laughs> immediately, sure would be nice. All right, this has been uh -huh. Kansas news. All right, Colin, we have two things we need to cover before we head out of here. One is the TJ Moe Deuce of the Week. Boy, TJ Moe's been busy on Twitter himself lately. Um, 
but uh, yeah. that's not Somebody, here nor there. Like, we haven't liked him long before he started going crazy on politics. Like we don't care about that at all. I mean, it's he says some some stuff. I'll say that, but uh, oh yeah, you know, we we TJ Mo's just an old school douche. Yeah, th- this this <laughs> he's an OG douche, Brendan. This award was named for TJ long before he became a political pundit. Yeah, you know, this was when yeah. he used to be about football. He was still a huge douche. Ask anybody who played with him. <laughs> Colin, we talked about this a little bit in the uh, weekend after the game, but. I think you saw it. The SEC Now program on the SEC Network had uh, featured two guys, Peter Burns, who's been on the program, and then Benjamin Watson, a former player. Oh, yes. They had a little incident. By the way, did you not get the memo on the suits? We all went dark today. You were, you're like Easter yeah. service. Yeah, y'all kind of leave me out. Like, oh, man. He said, as, long as, I, as, long, as long as I get a text from my wife that says I look good. Oh, really? <laughs> so send me the text, man. Send me the text. It's not the one she sent me. Here's the thing. When I play this, I feel like our listeners are going to be divided. Two different sets of listeners. One may say, Peter Burns, you're the douche of the week. And others will say, Ben Watson, you're the douche of the week. And I certainly fall in one camp and not the other. How say you? Well, Ben Watson's the douche. I mean, <laughs> I just, it's not like he, he called his wife a whore. No. You know, he just, he just made a, like an offhand remark. Like, that's not what she told me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's something anyone would say to anyone at any time. Well, and you the know, whole nature so of these shows is to be jocular and pick, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, we're just joking around. You know, imagine if this guy had to spend ten minutes on a set with Charles Bark. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. First of all, I think if you have strong opinions about this, either way, the one thing you need to ask yourself is: Do you think, or do you think anyone on Earth thinks that Benjamin Watson's wife is texting Peter Burns? Because no one thinks that. I don't think that. Peter Burns doesn't think that. Benjamin Watson doesn't think that. Nobody thinks this is the case. Thus, it is obviously a fucking joke. You don't have to think it's funny. And Colin, granted, there are guys who are don't like that kind of humor. I get it. And I do think there's something to be said for like, know your audience. You know, it's one thing to really pick on your buddies who you know really well. It's another thing to do it with your colleagues. Maybe you don't know them as well. So Peter Burns, I do say like, you got to watch it, you know, because they're Here's the thing, too. I, Benjamin Watson getting really butthurt about this joke and then storming off the set. I've known guys in my life who are like Benjamin Watson, who decide that they get to be the arbiters of what is and what isn't crossing the line. And so you've got to dance around them because you, guys like to bust each other's chops. But when you're around this one guy, you've got to be careful because you never know when he's going to decide that you've somehow disrespected him. I get it. It was about his wife, but it was the most inane innocuous joke ever fucking get over it and certainly the second you can't do your job because of it you can't go back on set in time because you're so butthurt about it that makes you a fucking douche yeah i agree i i'm just thinking about i I don't i mean i agree with peter burns and i it's so stupid he overblew it but where it really crosses a line and to be like okay the douche here is, is watson is he literally left the job you know what i mean he walked off set 
like a child throwing a temper tantrum. Like you're a professional, you've got a job to do. And you're gonna let this little remark, you know, fuck up our whole day. You know, if I was the producer of that show, I'd be like, you're fired. You don't get to just walk off the job because your feelings are hurt. We're on fucking television. <laughs> do you understand what these cameras are doing right now? You it, fucking asshole. Like you're fired. <laughs> like you walked off set of a TV show. When you talk about Charles Barkley and Shaq and those guys who'd cut it up with each other, just imagine if Benjamin Watson had sort of like not liked the joke, but just sort of laughed it off, not said anything, moved on. Nobody'd be having a conversation about this anymore. He's made it an ordeal by being such a fucking Will Smith about it. You know what I mean? Like, does anybody look at the Will Smith situation and think, oh, that guy's a real stand-up guy defending his wife? No, we get it. It's like, oh, you love your wife. You're such a tough guy. Fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, we get it. We all love our fucking wives. Shut up. And then the, the thing that really puts him over the top for me is that uh, Peter Burns goes on Twitter and apologizes online publicly to – Watson and his wife, and I'm sure this was orchestrated out by the television crew behind the scenes so they could put it behind him. And then Benjamin Watson still gets pissy about it on Twitter. Apology like, accepted, but you still owe my wife an, apo- uh, yeah. person, an in-person apology or something. Like, oh, Lord. And I was like, does he? Does, do you get to decide what is justification? Like, what's the crime here, right? Like, it just like, how big of a fucking crime is it? Because you've blown this way out of proportion. Dude, it – it probably made me very unpopular online, but I'd be like, I'd call his bluff and be like, you know what? Peter Burns doesn't have to apologize to you, and you're going to be on set on Friday, or you're fucking fired. Here's what I have to say about the whole situation, and I'll just end it on this. Benjamin Watson, if you're listening, and I know you're not, your wife's cunt stinks. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, dish of the week. <laughs> All right. Moving on, let's uh, let's go on to uh, player of the game, and not just player of the game, Kurt Farmer's hair, player of the game. What do you think, Colin? Brady Cook? Brady Cook played an outstanding game. Um, Brady Cook. Man, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, Luther Bird played well. Yeah. Bannister played great. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess. Ugh. It's one of those yeah. games, whenever you're playing these kinds of games, who do you give it to? You know, you play great, but it's kind of just like having the Xbox set on easy. You know what I mean? How great did you play? Well, that's what I was like. I'm just thinking like, I don't know. Brady Cook played that well. You know, like he's okay. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, I, you're right. I don't have an argument against Brady Cook, but I'm just like, I feel like I watched his performance and go, that wasn't Kirk Farmer's hair worthy. Sure. We had Dalen Carnell, who uh, had one act, but it was a good act with a uh, interception for a 40-yard return for TD. So that was a big deal for him. I think also Chris Abrams Drain had six tackles for a six uh, tackles for him solo. That was good. You know, obviously the defense showed out as we expected them to. I, I I tell you what I'd like to do. I'd give it to Barrett Bannister. I don't think he's been celebrated enough this season, and he had a really good game, 91 yards receiving. Burton gets a lot of love. He Lovett never gets, gets a lot score of love. Touched. Yeah, I know. So at least we can do is give him a Kurt Farmer the player of the game award. Let's do that. All right, Barrett Bannister, you're the player of the game. Okay, Colin, Arkansas is coming up, and uh, it's the day after Thanksgiving. We're all going to be fat and sassy watching – their sweaty, sweaty coach, Sam Pittman, tried to pull one over on the Tigers. You know, Barry Odom loves to beat Mizzou. They did it last year. Mm-hmm. They're gloating yep. about it endlessly. This would be a really good year to whoop them because we're not that good. 
and they're uh, smelling their own farts and believing it smells like roses, even though this year's not been super great. I don't know. I just, I did a team like Arkansas that can put up points scares me as always. I've said it over and over again, and I think it's the case. Yeah, um, we need to we need to win this game just for bowl eligibility. We need to win this game because I don't want to lose to Arkansas two years in a row. Um, they're bad right now, and Sam Pittman is was overrated, and I'm so happy this is going badly for him. I don't know if the fans are going to love this. A little piece of trivia for you. Did you know that the rib cage that pulled over Fred Flintstone's car at the theater when they set that rack of ribs on it to beat of the Flintstones? Yeah. Those are Sam Pittman's ribs. I did not know that. No. Look, look it up. Look it up. Right. Anyway, oh God, I'm going to pick the hogs because Brady Cook. Yeah, Brady. Yeah, you, you said it before. You're not going to pick Tigers to win as long as Brady Cook's under the helm, and he continues to be. So – well, I hope to be proven wrong. Uh, it, it, the whole season hinges on this. I mean, we win. We're a 500 team again, and but we're heading to a bowl game. This, you know, and, and next season we have a reason to be hopeful. We lose. We're had a step back in our third year with Drinks players with him calling all the shots. Drinks going to be on the hot seat. You know, if we go five and seven. There's no doubt that going in next year is going to be do or die for him. But it all comes down to Friday. So. I don't think we can win, but I'm going to be rooting for the Tigers all the way through. So till then, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Yeah, it smelled like dirty cock. <laughs>